Moms, have you struggled to find a homeschool community that is a good fit for your family? Today, we're going to talk about ways to find or create your homeschool community and why it's essential. Welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. Um, If you have never checked these books out, um, I would encourage you to look on Amazon. You can find all three of them there. You can find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. And you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. Also, right now I am offering a free digital download of my devotional that accompanies the four-hour school day. It's called Encouraging a Homeschool Heart. And uh, it just kind of walks you through just lots of really good questions to ask ourselves when it comes to homeschooling our kids to help ground us and maybe help us um, be more intentional with the direction that we're going. If you're new to homeschooling or just considering it, there are a bunch of really good questions in there for you as well. Uh, To take the scariness out of that potential jump and leap into homeschooling. So you can get that for free by simply subscribing to my monthly email newsletter. I will leave a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get there. And I'll also leave a link to my mentoring course. This is the Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. And in this video, series, I share with you um, just what it looks like to homeschool in a more simple, unhurried way um, from kindergarten to 12th grade, which is what we did with all eight of our kids. And so I'll leave a link for that. Like I said, it makes it easy for you to get there. It is the Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. Lastly, uh, I always like to share CTC math um, because uh, I've been talking about it for a while now and I'm getting uh, letters from moms and I want to share one with you that I received recently. This mom said, I took a leap of faith and tried CTC math for the kids. I heard you talk about it on your super helpful and wonderful podcast. Our lives are so much better with this incredible program. My kids beg to do their math lessons first and it has freed me up to work with the other kids more intentionally because I'm not struggling to teach concepts to frustrate children. It is a wonder. I was planning to pay for a math tutor to help, and now I don't have to search for one. Thank you so much. P.S. I've already told all of my homeschool mom friends. So moms, if you're looking uh, for a new math program or just want to kind of check it out, you can easily do that by going to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. They also offer a free trial so you can really get a good feel for it. Um, I love it. I think you'll love it too. You know, we know that as homeschoolers, it's important to have support. We are in the minority and... It's challenging sometimes, but it can also be challenging to find a homeschooling community that is a good fit for us and our family. Today, my friend Stephanie is joining me to help 
walk us through some ways that we can find or create our homeschool community. Here's a little background on Stephanie. She's a homeschool mom of two girls, Lena, age six, and Sloan, age nine. Um, this is going to be their fifth year of homeschooling. She's served on homeschool leadership, a homeschool leadership team that serves about 230 families. Last year, she started the homeschool convention with a vision to create community and, and encourage families in their journey. And this is in Northern California. This also happens to be a conference that I'm going to be speaking at in July. So welcome, Stephanie. I'm so grateful you could be here with us today. Thanks for having me, Dorinda. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, we had a little conversation about this a while back. Um, I think we both decided this is a really good topic to cover, especially as we're kind of wrapping up a homeschool year and thinking about the next one. Maybe rethinking is the homeschool community that we're part of a good fit for us? Should we be looking for something else? Or we don't have a homeschool community and we're really feeling that need. So I think this is a great time of year for us to just kind of walk through some of the questions that we have for today. Um, I want to start by asking if you can tell us why it's important to find our homeschool community. I think all of us have our own reasons, but I think there are a lot of reasons we have in common and maybe some we haven't really thought of. For me personally, um, when I started homeschooling, I knew that I couldn't do it alone, that I wouldn't be able to be successful, not just myself, but for my for my kids and give them um, the community and the social social life that I thought that they would need. Um, mm-hmm. And so I felt really strongly from the beginning that it was important to kind of plug in from the get-go as much mm-hmm. as I was nervous about not knowing anybody um, who homeschooled, I, I immediately started volunteering and that has really changed the trajectory um, of what community looks like for our family today. Mm. So what I'm hearing you say is, is it was a little scary at first. And so I think there's some moms out there who can relate to that feeling, but you knew that it was important for you and your kids to get plugged in somewhere. So you sort of decided you were going to overcome that obstacle and go ahead and pursue a homeschool community. So how did you like start to look for that? What, what did that look like for you at that particular time? So for me here in our area, we are very fortunate that it is somewhat like a Mecca of homeschoolers out here. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few different homeschool groups. And when I was looking, you know, at the time, five years ago, Facebook was a little bit more um, popular, shall we say? Yes. And, yeah. um, I just went looking on Facebook and I had came across a local group that was affiliated with a large church in the area, something that was mm-hmm. important to me. Um and so I joined the group and within the first couple of weeks, I saw a post about, hey, we're putting on an immersion day um, and we need help and we can't do it without moms. Uh, so come join us. We're having a meeting at Whole Foods um, at seven o'clock and whoever comes, we, we would love your help. And so that was really the start for me. I knew nobody. I walked in with a blank notebook and a pen, um, pretty nervous actually. But excited to see, like, I'm going to get to meet some really great moms who have similar commonalities that I have, right? Uh, And we just want to create community for our kids and give our kids a a great homeschool experience. So that was really the beginning for me. 
was was starting out uh, through a Facebook group. Okay. Okay. So are there other ways? Because I know a lot of the moms that listen aren't on Facebook anymore because Facebook, as we all know, is not a very nice place to be. Yes. Um, I think there are still some great groups there and it, it is an option, a way to find a homeschool group. But uh, can you talk about some other ways that we could do that? Yeah. So a couple of things that I would say to look into before we started homeschooling when our kids were younger, which I think, you know, even in the younger ages, it's important to start to build that community, especially if you're going, if you're planning to homeschool, right? Free Forest School is um, a community that you can search and check your zip code for their preschool like nature groups. And those are really great to kind of get plugged in when they're younger. And then once they get a little bit older, Wild and Free is a newer community that's been around for about seven or so years. And they are Mm -hmm. a national group. Um, And now I know that there are international chapters as well. Mm. And I am a part of that group as well. And we really love our our Wild and Free group. a couple of other things to think about are classical conversations. Those are huge communities and right. national communities. So if you were to ever move, you can pick up and go to a new community and they're going to be at the same place uh, as far as cycle or education as you right, would be right. in your current group. So right. classical conversations is a great one. Um Local church groups, a lot of local church groups will have them. They may not necessarily advertise them, but a lot of them may have them on their websites where you can see mm-hmm. they're a subgroup within the church. Um, mm-hmm. So I would always suggest people to check out some of the larger churches in their area. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine just started um, a new group and it coincides with a box that she does, but it's called Schoolhouse Discoveries. And they do unit studies, but they do groups to do the unit studies together. And so that Mm -hmm. is just started in the last year she started that. And it's really blossomed out here in California and she just moved to Georgia. So she's now, you know, taking it to the next level. So that part's really exciting. So Schoolhouse Discoveries would be um, one to check out as well. Okay. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we leave those links in the show notes for you moms. And I think, you know, listening to kind of what you're describing here and I find it interesting because like the free, um, for school, mm-hmm. wild and free, it's a little more on the um, unschooling end of things, a little more nat- nature oriented and just a little bit freer. I- am I right about that? Yeah. I would say a lot of the wild and free families tend to be Somewhat unschooling, many of them will do Char- Charlotte Mason philosophy right. and some okay. are, are classical conversations. Um, mm. So you kind of have that mix of philosophies going to these groups, which is really nice. Right. It is nice because sometimes you can really, you can really learn uh, new things and learn different um, just even different approaches to homeschooling. It doesn't mean you have to change your approach, but it's an excellent exposure to those kinds of things. Most definitely. Yeah. I've, I've gained some really great friends through these groups, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. insights from moms that have been, I guess you would call them more of a veteran than, than myself, uh, right. which is great because we all have something that we can learn and share with one another. And that is the beauty of, of community. 
Yeah, and I think that would be my encouragement to moms. It's like, don't go into a community thinking you have to be in agreement on every single thing and every single approach that you're using with your child versus what they're using with their child. I think just learning from each other and learning to be comfortable in your own homeschooling skin, which does take a while, but it it, it just requires um, courage, I think, first of all, to just say, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that for right now, this is what we're supposed to be doing with our family, or we're looking for ideas. Cause that's, you know, if you're new to homeschooling, you might be like, okay, we're still in the exploratory phase. These groups can be super helpful because you can find out the pluses and the minuses to some of these different approaches and what moms like about it, what they don't like about it. You know, um, I know that classic Classical conversations tends to be more rigorous. Um, they definitely are, like you said, all the groups are at the same place at the same time throughout the year, which is nice if you're, like you said, if you have to move or relocate or whatever. Um, and then some of the groups, they they have their own flavor as well. Some are more rigorous. Some are less rigorous or allow you to be less rigorous if you want to be. So it's just so many things depend on that specific group. And so, and you were right about classical conversations. I will say kudos to them in terms of the one thing that they have done an incredible job of is creating community. Like, it's it's astounding um, what a great job they've done. They are actually in 50 states and over 50 countries. So it's pr- it's pretty crazy. But like you said, there are new co-ops popping up all over the place with different approaches. I, I love hearing that, oh, now there's a unit study co-op that you can be part of because a lot of families love unit studies. And so it's fantastic. And, you know, and I was thinking about what you said about checking at churches. If you check at a church, moms, and they say, no, we don't have a homeschool group, don't stop there. Mm-hmm. Say, do you know of any homeschool groups or churches that hold homeschool co-ops? Because a lot of times these churches are connected in terms of they talk and they know what's going on at some of the other churches and they can help give you some direction. Um, so I would make sure just, I think, be persistent. You know, I, I, would you say, Stephanie, you just kind of have to be persistent? For sure. And if and if they don't have one that they could recommend or they don't have a group that they're currently sponsoring, I guess you would call it, ask them if they have interest. What is what is their right. congregation look like? Do they have a, a large number of homeschoolers that need um, community and encouragement? And if so, you know, can they help shoulder that with you um, and create one? Because I think that there is a need for groups to be created and there has to be some moms willing to step out um, of our comfort zones and be willing to take the risk. Because I will tell you from someone who knew nobody with homeschooling, didn't think homeschooling was even on our family's radar to be Mm -hmm. here going into our fifth year, our community is so strong and, and it's solely because we we put the effort in, right? We re- right. we sow. And so we have to be willing to to make the effort and go the extra mile to create it if it's not there for you already. Right. Well, let's let's just talk about that then. Okay. Um I, I want you to talk about some things to look for and things to avoid in a homeschool community. But let's let's talk right now about um if you're going to, you talk about being uh, determined, you talk about being committed, you talk about what does that mean? Like, you know, tell me like, 
how does that play out in terms of like, because I've heard different stories from different homeschool co-ops where the moms can't get along, people aren't in agreement about things. Like, what do you think are the important things when and if you're you're out there and you're looking for or you're looking to create a, a, a co-op? So I think from my experience and from groups around our area that that don't have this, the biggest takeaway I could say is creating a leadership team where everyone mm-hmm. has certain responsibilities, right? We're not all right. bouldering all of it. Uh, right. So for, for example, our homeschool group, we have a president, a treasurer, we have someone who, two, two moms that run our high school side, two moms that run our middle school, and then my girlfriend, Laura, and myself run elementary. We have mm-hmm. one mom that does encouragement nights for moms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have one mom that does special events like our mother-son dance, our father-daughter dance, and our Christmas events. So mm-hmm. it is important to really establish and create and find a group of women to do this with you. Now, okay. So you're right. now new right? You're just starting this. You are obviously going to maybe be kind of spearheading it and going to be maybe the president, we'll say, okay? But you are just starting out and you don't want to take on field trips and all these other things. Start out with a weekly park day. Right. Something so easy that doesn't cost any money, but your time. Um, Show up and start making connections and be there and be committed to having it weekly. That makes a huge difference in community starting to be built when you have things consistently. So something Mm -hmm. as small as a park day. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing I had had taken a note about is mom's encouragement nights. So you're Mm -hmm. just starting out do a mom's encouragement night once a month where you guys maybe are going to read Dorinda's book and discuss it. Or maybe you're going to read a chapter, you know, every couple of weeks and discuss it. Um, That would be something that I would encourage because we need, you know, to be equipped as moms and get our cups filled. Um, So that I think is important. And then dinners where you're not with the kids and moms have the ability to connect um, without the extra noise. Go out and have a mom's dinner. I just started hosting those last month and it was amazing. We had such great conversation and we're going to be hosting them monthly now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important um, because it's it's really about making connections. And so, you know, we may have like a vision for you know, having some classes and some different things like that down the road. But my my take on it is, like you said, start small. Mm-hmm. Just start small and see where it goes. I mean, for me, it would be like, trust the Lord for direction because we're, we're considering uh, something ourselves down the road here um, locally. And I think, that, you know, to keep it from being overwhelming, my first thought was, let's just get together and let's talk about like, what are the needs? Like moms, what do you need? And what do you think, what do you feel like your kids need? Um, Or even just like the biggest needs. So start with the biggest things, you know, maybe they're just, they just want connection. Okay. So we can just start out, like you said, with the park day and that kind of thing. It can, it can be this evolving thing. It doesn't have to be you have everything, all your ducks in a row before the thing can even start. Let it be organic, you know, because your particular group of women 
and kids are going to have um, particular needs. And so when you're tuned into those, all of a sudden, um, I think it can help you take a better trajectory than, you know, just kind of diving in and thinking, I got to have everything together. It has to look like this. And I've got to have a, you know, like a, hand, a co-op handbook and all these things. Um, do you have any good resources, though, you know, in defense of those of us who like a little organization? Um, you talk about having a president. You're talking about having a treasurer. How did you know what each of those, what what those responses, who what responsibilities each of those people had. So I'll be honest, this group that I am a part of has been around for 16 years. So this is a longstanding group that I came into um, and I started off as I was running park days. I ran park days for a year and then I came on as as facilitating elementary um, events. And so I don't have a particular... I guess you could say set up as far as how the group runs and who runs um, each side of things. But I do, I would say that, you know, starting with at least two or three moms to help shoulder things would be probably best where you guys can sit down, like you said, and come up with a vision of how old are the kids that we're going to be serving? Are they elementary students? Are they middle middle school students? What, mm-hmm. it, what does it look like as far as what their needs are? Um, and right. coming up with a plan for what you're going to do. You know, an element, a middle school student probably isn't going to want to do a park day, but they may be interested in doing, you know, a book club with other people. So Mm -hmm. thinking about, you you know, like you said, the age groups of the families that you're going to be serving. But I do think, you know, finding a few families to shoulder it with will be really important for most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that first steps sound like they would be just making some connections, Um, you know, either connecting with a group that's already there, or if you're going to, if you need to maybe begin to create your own group, you're going to connect with just a couple of moms and just, you know, just put the feelers out there, you know, let a few people know that you're looking for some moms to start a small co-op with. And, you know, those small co-ops can be so wonderful in terms of just being very intimate and, um, you know, the smaller and the bigger they have both have their pluses and minuses. But I think it's mainly just from what I'm hearing, and you say is just do it, like get out there and do it. And it can be a struggle, especially if you're an introvert and you're, you've maybe not been homeschooling very long, but you know, you'll find, I think that most homeschoolers, from what I know, we all feel like we're new at this. Doesn't matter how many years we've been doing it because, you know, our are always changing. We're in different seasons. You know, I'm now homeschooling, um, you know, a basically a a high schooler who's struggling with autism, you know, and so it's like a whole brand new thing for me. And so, you know, every year I have always (laughs) said, I don't actually know what I'm doing (laughs) in terms of, you know, there's the things that you, you do have a certain amount of confidence that you do develop over the years and a certain amount of wisdom as you homeschool longer and longer. So don't, ever think that, you know, it never changes. It does, but I feel like God is always putting new challenges in front of us. And so we're all facing some sort of new challenges every year. So you you won't be alone. 
guaranteed. Um, so I think I just am encouraging you to not let that stop you from moving forward. And I think, you know, if ever there were a time when our cult, in our culture when we need real life relationships, it's now because there's so much that's online. And I know that there can be some helpful things online, don't get me wrong. But I think that when we don't have those real life connections, we're really missing something. I totally agree. It is so important, like you said, just just for the family and not just for the kids. It's it really is you're creating a community to to do life with. That is, right. I guess, the one thing I would say is as homeschoolers, we're not just dropping off and and going and we're not seeing these kids and their parents, we get to do life with these other families. And so take the time and nurture some relationships because it is just beautiful what you're going to get on the, on the other side when you start Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, um, as a leader in your homeschool group, I'd love for you to give us some basic tips to kind of help keep a healthy homeschool community. So maybe once you've sort of established a, something or you've joined something, are there are there things to keep in mind in order to keep your community healthy? So I think communication is going to be really important. Um, you know, finding out what kind of platform you want to utilize Um, are you going to keep it on Facebook? Are you going to do something like band? We, for our homeschool group, we utilize something called homeschool life. It's an actual platform for homeschoolers. So you can do all of your events through there. You can create, create all your memberships and all your email lists. So it's all in one place off of Facebook. That's one that I would want to plug for people that if they're looking Mm -hmm. for something off of Facebook, homeschool life is really great, but band is a great resource too. And it's really affordable. Um, so, okay, well, we'll make sure we leave the links in the show notes. How does that one work? Band is something you'd sign up. I want to say it's around $30 a year for a mem- okay. for a group membership, which is really affordable, you know, depending yeah, on how many yeah. people you have on there. Um, you know, you could shoulder that cost or see if you're the church that's possibly going to sponsor you wants to take that cost on. Um, or you have a small little membership fee for families as they join. But I do think that communication is going to be really key. And then keeping, you know, keeping things consistent. Like I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be really important to build community, to have consistent opportunities for community to be built, whether that's Mm -hmm. every other week or weekly. um, You want to give those families and in your family opportunity to connect. So definitely be consistent about when you're doing your events and activities. Um, Right. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, start to start to put out those feelers for those for those people who are like minded to start to reach out and make those connections to start to create the community that you want for your family. It takes time. You know, I'm I'm going on my fifth year and I really feel like for the first time is, you know, I have a strong community. Um, so it's not something that happens overnight. So give yourself, you know, grace and space to be able to to build it, but he's going to provide for you as long as you keep um, plugging in and be willing to put yourself out there. 
Right. And I think knowing like what are your priorities in terms of, because, you know, some people, they really do want classes that are already established. Well, then that's going to maybe change where you're looking for your community. For me, um, it would need to be faith-based with no question at all, (laughs) Um, because I want my kids, you know, you know, for the most part, hanging out with kids who Uh, come from families that are like-minded and things like that. And so that's something that just takes a little time to figure out. So I love what you said about just leaving the margin, giving yourself some space and some grace to figure it out. And, um, And I think have the conversation with your kids too. You know, like, I think it's fun to dial them in. Like, what would you, what would you like to do? What, what's important to you? Would you like to do park days? Would you like to do book clubs? You know, what, what would be fun for you when it comes to, you know, being part of a homeschool community? Because that can also help give us direction and and make our family feel like we're all on the same page and we're heading the same direction together. And so um, that would just be my, my last word of encouragement. Do you have anything else that you want to share, Stephanie? Yeah. There's one other space that I wanted to share with families, and it's not a a homeschool only group, but these are two groups that I know are national groups. And one is Mm -hmm. Trail Life, which is a scouting group for boys that is faith based. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other is American Heritage Girls, and that is a, a troop, and it is also faith based. I will say, at least in our area, I would say 80 to 90% of the families that are involved in these groups are um, homeschoolers. So I would encourage families to check those out because they're already existing around the country. Right. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. And you know what we did not do is tell our listeners which conference you are, um, that you're, you're responsible for the one that I'm going to be speaking at. Could you let people know about it and when it is and kind of just some of the details? Yeah. So Northern California homeschool convention is coming July 21st and 22nd in Rockland, California. We are doing a family night on Friday and then the conference and speakers will run all day on Saturday. Dorinda is one of our keynotes and we're so excited to be bringing her out here um, all the way across the country. So that's really exciting. So yeah, families can check out the website. It's the nchc.us for more information. Um, And I hope to see a lot of faces there. Great. We'll include the, a link to that in the show notes. If there are any listeners who want to attend, we would love to see you there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for these moms. I thank you, uh, Lord, that you are such a good provider. You know what we need, including what we need for community. And so I just pray for every mom listening who might be interested in finding a community or creating one. Lord, I ask that today's conversation would give her clarity and wisdom and direction. And I do ask that you would continue to give clarity, wisdom, and direction um, to each of the families listening, Lord, that they would be able to find uh, the community that is a good fit for them and, and, and see your hand of provision in all of that. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Right Moms, one last resource to share, and we have actually been talking about it in this episode. Are you looking to give your child a well-rounded education while also ensuring positive socialization opportunities and their ability to succeed in life? Consider joining a Classical Conversations community and homeschool alongside local families. Led by a trained licensed director, families learn through Classical Conversations' proven Christ-centered curriculum together in a community. With locations in all 50 states and over 50 countries, there is bound to be a community near you. To find your community today, visit classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. That's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. I will leave a link in the show notes. Have a great day, moms. Mm-hmm.